Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. I put a poll on Instagram last week asking which of three different topics everybody would like to hear about on the podcast. And at the time of recording, it was about template lessons, which is what I recorded for episode 68. But when I looked back later, a surprise out of left field topic that ended up winning out was about writing syllabuses, syllabi, syllabuses, writing a syllabus (laughs) for your school year. And this is a topic that I completely understand. A syllabus is a very weird, broad thing, and there are so many different potential ways that you can organize a syllabus, but I have decided to go ahead and break it down into five do's and don'ts, and then I've got three probably's to put in there as well. So let's go ahead and jump into creating your syllabus, whether from scratch or recreating it, so that it is a simple system that you can maintain. And what I mean by that is if you look at the goal of a syllabus, I want you to define what your goal of a syllabus might be. For me, it is to have a signed contract between parent, student, and teacher for agreements that we all make that should last pretty much the whole year. It's getting students and parents to acknowledge the rules and policies in the classroom that the students agree to follow. And it's setting a standard to refer back to all year. Then as kind of an added bonus, it is a place where you can always put beginning of the year info and any contact information you want. But when it comes down to it, we tend to overdo a syllabus or put things in there that really are just tying us too much to what we put in the syllabus. So to start off, our first do is do put your contact information and office hours or time periods when you can be expected to receive emails, receive phone calls, or when students might be able to come and get extra help. This is all something that every parent is grateful to know and is going to help you down the line. But the don't that goes along with this is do not promise a specific response time. Do not say even that I will try to return your email within 24 hours. Some parent emails need to go through other channels. Sometimes I don't even respond to a parent email until after I've talked to a student about the topic in the email. Because if a parent comes to me with a concern about their student and I see their student the next class period, it's way easier for me to pull them aside, have a mini conference, and then go back and send an email saying that we discussed it in class. Number two of our do for building a syllabus is put your simplified rules and policies that you will reference regularly. For example, I have two classroom rules. The first one is safety. I do not play with safety when it comes to a science classroom. If I think you are doing anything moderately unsafe, yes, you are breaking my rule. Number two is respect, respecting yourself, respecting others, respecting the classroom. That's that's my rules. If you are not maintaining those two rules, then you will have to move through some consequences. Also put in there a couple different policies, and I will reference the classroom essential checklist that I will link in the show notes for you. It's the list that I wish I had when I was a first-year teacher of all the things that 
I should probably have looked at before the first day of school and the policies and procedures that I hadn't thought through that are crucial to running an effective classroom. And this is actually getting a facelift. So if you are already on my email list or you go ahead and sign up on the link and get this version, in the next two weeks, you'll get the updated new and improved version, which will include links to anything helpful that I have to help you with that specific topic. And that will also get updated regularly as we go through the summer of systems. Anytime I talk about something, I'm going to go back and update it again, and I'll continually add it to the emails for my email list so you know exactly what's going on and you have the most up-to-date information. But the don't that goes along with this, the don't of rules and policies to include in your syllabus is do not include anything that's already in a student handbook or is already in a district guideline. So if you are going to have a cell phone policy that is different than that of the school, you might want to put that in there. But if you're following your school's cell phone policy or your school's technology policy or your school policy about food in the classroom, do not put it in your syllabus. Do not overwhelm your syllabus with more information than is necessary because you do not need to set that contractual agreement. It's already going to be done when they sign the student handbook at the beginning of the year. Number three things to do for your syllabus is put a course description and a rough list of units. One thing that I found is that having a course description on the syllabus is more important than the extra space on the syllabus. It is taking up valuable space there because one, when you have upper level classes where there's a prerequisite, then the syllabus might be the place where students finally realize, oh, I don't have that math background, or oh, I didn't do this prerequisite course. Or in the case of, for example, I had foreign exchange students last year. They used my syllabus to transfer credit back to their homeschool. And so having the course description is going to allow everybody to have a better understanding of what your course is about. Especially right now, my freshman course, which is essentially a physical science, goes by a ridiculously long name. And so nobody really knows what it's about. So giving a course description helps. And then a rough list of the units. The thing that you do not do is you do not put details on how you are planning out the units or timelines. You might have a rough idea of when semester one is going to end and what topic you're going to end on and then what topics will be semester two. Unless you're 100% certain, please do not put it on there. Because the thing is you are putting this into a contract that you are signing between parents, students, and yourself. And so if you cannot promise that that deadline is going to be met for whatever reason, even though it's not a legally binding contract, it is something that you want to be as effective for you as possible. So as few details as you can put, but while still being extremely accurate, is going to benefit you in the long run. Number four is you do want to put how you break down your grades, especially if you do descriptive breakdowns by a type. So for me, I do tests and quizzes in one category. It is 40% of the overall grade for my students. And then the next category is going to be labs and projects. And by including those two categories into one, I'm giving more description so parents understand what is going on there. And then I will also have a classwork and a homework section, and then my grading is set. I will put in how much the percentage of the final is, and I'm done. The thing that you do not want to do is put in here that you promise to turn around grades every Thursday, or you promise to get assignments back to students within 24 hours. Do not make those types of promises unless you are a thousand percent sure you can keep them. It might be tempting at the beginning of the year to be 
the teacher that feels really on top of it and put those in there. But it's not information that parents need to have. It's not information that your students need to rely on. In fact, you're probably putting yourself in a corner that's going to cause you way more stress. All right. And number five for the do for building a syllabus, have parents and students sign a copy and share that copy digitally. Maybe not the signed version, but make sure they have access to a digital copy and make sure that they have acknowledged the policies and the regulations and the grade breakdowns and everything that you put into there. And then for the don't on this, it's actually don't forget to include a little footnote. I put a little asterisk in my syllabus that says all policies are subject to updates and parents slash students will be notified of any changes. This means that I have the flexibility to change a policy as needed. So for instance, if I had a food policy where students could eat in my classroom, but not in the lab stations, which is what happened to me last year, and they they lose that policy. They don't get to have snacks in my classroom anymore because we have fallen behind on both of my rules, safety and respect. We don't share food. It's gross. There's lots of germs. But also, we need to clean up after ourselves. So when we lose that privilege, I can then update everybody and say, this is now the new policy. It may seem small, especially when it comes to something like snacks, but that's just an example that I'm using. You can use this for any of the policies that you put into your syllabus. Now, the things that I put on my probably include on your syllabus list would be a list of materials that students might need specifically for your class or also materials that you are requesting if parents would like to submit classroom materials for you to use, like Kleenex, like paper towels, anything of that nature, then I would include that on the syllabus because this is one of the only times you're going to have parents' undivided attention. Then I would probably also include any statements about any matching standardized tests that might go along with your course. For example, in the state of Missouri that I'm in, the EOC is during biology. So if I had a biology course, I would put information about the EOC into the syllabus and its importance. If I taught government in the state of Missouri, I might need to tell people that students have to pass the U.S. Constitution test to graduate. So it it would be nice if they, you know, learned all the material and focused on it. And then another thing I would probably include is a list of any possible field trips or major projects that you want parents to be aware of. For example, my first year teaching at a small middle school, we did a field trip to space camp. It was absolutely amazing. But that's something that parents need to know about up front because that was something that was going to take some planning. It was going to take some finances. Or also, if you do a science fair, having a understanding that science fair will happen when the beginning of the year is there, even though it's not for a few months, prepares parents and students mentally that that project is already coming. For environmental science, we took our students to the zoo, and then we also had a field trip planned to a wastewater treatment plant. Now, the wastewater treatment plant fell through, but on the syllabus, I included both of those so that students knew that we had these field trips coming up. It's not something we're required to do, and it's not anything that we were putting in there so that parents had to respond to it, but we put it in there more for awareness that around these times we would attempt a field trip. And honestly, outside of this list, I don't put much else into my syllabus. Once you hit that policy section and cross-referencing to make sure nothing is going against your school or district policy, or if you have a more stringent policy, you put it in there, then you are all set. 
If you're interested in having more specific details on how to build your syllabus and templates that you can plug in your information to, then go ahead and sign up at the link in the description or in the show notes here so that I can get you on the wait list for my free syllabus creation guide. I'm going to give you templates and I'm going to give you ideas for what to include and where, and you can just take the information I give you and plop it into your own so that you have something ready to go. This is going to be geared mostly for high school. It could work for middle school. Unfortunately, elementary, this is just not going to be up your alley. But if you're interested in seeing what there is, feel free to sign up at the link below and they'll be coming to an inbox near you soon. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at Engineer Does Education so we can build a simple system together.